Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and I have with me once again, Aaron Gallagher from the Gospel Broadcasting Network, the Authentic Christian Podcast. You might have have heard or seen him on that, and I'm just glad that he's been on these last couple of weeks, and we're finishing out our little arc today, but I wanted to tell you about something about Aaron that maybe you didn't know. Um, Aaron is actually an incredibly talented guitar player and singer. Uh, and, and you might be thinking, well, of course he's a good singer because God doesn't care what the voice sounds like, but that's that's not what I'm talking about with Aaron. Aaron has a video on YouTube that we will post in the show notes that you can go and listen to um, after you've, you're done listening to this. You know, uh, Don't leave us to go watch this. Watch it after we're done. But Aaron has a video of him singing a song with, with who is it that you're singing with on that? So that was pretty much my band and yeah. another friend, Caitlin, who's a singer. And what's the name of the song? The song's called Broken. Broken. It is... I mean, my dad sent it to me one night, and he said, did you know Aaron did this kind of stuff? No, I didn't. And, I mean, again, and you had a record deal, didn't you, or a label or something like that? Well, um... Available to you, at least? Yeah, sort of. I mean, so I played... uh, I learned to play guitar in college, because it was an easy A. So Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I always wanted to learn to play guitar. Sure. Um, But I always had had this idea, like, I grew up, I was an athlete, Mm -hmm. and I had a buddy named Brooks, who was an incredible musician, and he was super unathletic, so I just assumed it was like, you're either born with it or you're not. Right. When I got to college, I started teaching, teach, uh, taking guitar class and uh, learned to play guitar a little bit and uh, did some stuff teaching lessons on YouTube for a while and then got in a band. And um, I, was, I played bass in that band. And uh, we had some success with that band. And then that band broke up, as all bands do. You know, yeah. I always used to wonder, man, how can these big bands that make so much money not stay together just for right. this? And then I was in a band, and I'm like, yeah. I get it now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but um, so I, I decided, you know, I'd been writing some songs. My wife, Jamie, we were dating at the time, and she heard me play a song, and she's like, did you write that? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you should record that. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to record it. But anyway, I sent some songs to my buddy Mark, who was uh, a producer in L.A., who's a friend of mine, who yeah. played in the first band that broke up. He moved mm-hmm. to L.A. So I sent him some songs, and I said, hey, man, what do you think about these songs I wrote? And he's like, well, they're, they're good, but who, who's singing them? I'm like, well, that's me. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, it is. He's like, I was in a band with you for three years and never heard you sing. I'm like, well, I didn't think I'm any good. I didn't think I was any good. Yeah. You know? So long story short, um, we got together in Nashville with me, Mark, my buddy Jake, who's a producer still in Nashville, and a bunch of buddies, and uh, recorded like five or six songs. And the song Broken that you're talking about, the night before we started like the official recording, we were going through the acoustic arrangements of songs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually joked with them. Mark said, now you don't have any more songs that you've told us about all the ones you've written. I was like, well, I wrote this one. I don't think it's very good, but like I'll play it for you and Mark's attitude is always you don't know what's good you just play it for me yeah I'll tell you if it's good or right (laughs) which is good to have that kind of friend so I played that song broken for him and he's like that's that's one of my favorites that you've written I'm like really he's like yeah you're recording that one so um so yeah so we recorded that that's a live take in the video and recorded it in the studio and um yeah music was fun I I did a lot of um smaller shows you Mm -hmm. know I had I worked a full-time job still my secular job yeah and um I got to the point, the last, one of the last shows I played, I opened for Phil Vassar, who's a country guy. Oh, yeah, I love Phil Vassar. I loved him growing up. He's awesome. So it was really cool to get to open for him. But it was at that point where it was basically, hey, look, um, with people I knew in the industry, they were like either, like you're at the point in your career now where you either need to quit your full-time job and do music full-time and tour, or like you can't get any bigger. Yeah. 
and I didn't want that lifestyle. I knew musicians who toured. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in venues until, you know, you, you go on at 11 if you're yeah. the lead act yeah. and you're, you're playing till midnight or one, then you get a bus and drive until 4am yep. and uh, that's not the lifestyle I wanted. And as a Christian, it's not a good environment. To no. Be in. And so I kind of said, I hung up the, the cleats and I hung up the guitar on the yeah. wall and said, I'll play with, I still play at home and my wife plays piano and we sing together and, yeah. you know, just for fun. But, um, that was sort of the end of the official career. Well, and that's something I wanted to point out too, was over the last three weeks, people have learned different things about you and they've, they've learned that you really could have gone a few different ways. We learned last week that you could have gone the, the route of TV, you know, in the, in the sense of secular TV and continued on with your agent that you had there, or maybe even, uh, you know, playing baseball in some form or fashion. Uh, you know, maybe you weren't quite as good as some of these other guys were, but maybe you could have continued to do that. And, and then, you know, you've got music and yet you gave all that up to focus on what you're doing now. Yeah. The baseball thing, I think I took that as far as I could have taken well, it. You know, maybe. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I threw hard in college. Like, yeah. I mean, I, my senior year, I was like touching nineties, but you get to like, I went, I had a tryout for the Dodgers. You go to those tryouts and they're like, I mean, I was a local one, right. In yeah. West Virginia where I played in college, there's like 15 guys throwing 90 and the hitters there. It's like, if you throw 90 and you don't have good off speed stuff, it doesn't matter. They're crushing it. Yeah. So yeah, the baseball thing ran its course, but I probably could have done more stuff in TV and music, but the mm-hmm. problem was they're not industries that are conducive to for a Christian. They yeah. uh, they very often want you to do, you know, shoots, um, shoots where you're you drinking alcohol. Yeah. Or even if even if you say I don't drink, they'll say we'll we'll put sweet tea in your glass. Yeah. It's like no no, but you don't get it. I don't want to be on camera looking encouraging. Like I'm drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So you run into a lot of that stuff, and and same thing with music. I mean. It's just a really hard industry to um, to be a Christian in. Uh, now, you know, if you're Garth Brooks and you call the shots, you can say, yeah, I'm doing a venue, no alcohol, whatever. Yeah. But you don't do that when you're you're starting out. And it's right. Like, what do you mean? No, we're not going to book you. Yeah. So, yeah, though, I may have. But, but you know what? The way I look at it is this is the best thing on earth I could be doing. Yeah. You know, nothing's, all that stuff's fleeting. It's like, you know, Solomon talked about. Yeah. You know. This is the stuff that lasts for eternity. You know, this is the important stuff, the stuff that matters. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you said the Dodgers, by the way, you mean the L.A. Dodgers, correct? Yeah. yeah. They could use you now. I mean, we've, we've got like three active <laughs> I pitchers. It. I doubt We it. only have three active starters. I think they could probably benefit from a little pitching. <laughs> Maybe. But that's that's really neat. You know, I didn't know that about you either. My dad would, if he doesn't know that, you want to make sure to tell my dad that we're big Dodgers fans. Oh, cool. And so uh, make sure to mention that today. Okay. all right. Um, but that's the important thing that you're talking about. I gave it all up because it wasn't conducive to what I knew I needed to do. Yeah. And I, I had for a while wanted to do broadcasting, uh, sports broadcasting. Yeah. And I learned that if you want to do sports broadcasting, you either have to play and play well. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. nobody's looking at Lima Swede from the Steelers who was there from <laughs> 08 to 09. And, you know, he's not a broadcaster anywhere that I know, except maybe on the Texas network, you know, because okay. he went to school at the Longhorns. But yeah. You either had to play and be good, or you had to go through like a decade or more of school. Yeah. And I started looking at it and going, I don't want to do that. No. And, you know, I'm, I'm always forever grateful to GBN because I went there and over, you know, two years learned a lot, yeah. you know, kind of like a fire hydrant at times, learning different things. And I was more interested in the on-camera work yeah. and learning how that worked than sure. the off-the-camera stuff. But a lot of what I know now is is because of that type of stuff. and. Yeah. I can't imagine doing anything else, yeah, you know, yeah. would it be fun? Sure. 
it'd be fun to get to go and call a game, you know, yeah. call a, you know, call an NFL game or something like that or talk about the week, but I could do that with this mic now. Yeah. And I can I could start a podcast on sports if I wanted to and uh, fantasy football or whatever and I can still do that and be a Christian. Yeah. And that's the important thing is whatever you do in life, you know, you you, you have to make sure that it's about the Lord. Yeah. And so um in those lifestyles, we're talking about avoiding stress. Yeah. Those are really stressful lifestyles. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that's not something I didn't want that stress of me always being away from my at the time fiance, who I knew I was gonna be married to. And I thought, like, this isn't the lifestyle for a, a married Christian man to right. be on the road in right. venues with people that I mean, bad influences. It's the same thing with a lot of these jobs. It's like, you know, when you're thinking about a career, you need to think about number one, you know, is this gonna glorify God? Yeah. Because ultimately everything else is 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 short. I mean, what, eighty, you know, 60, 70 years the psalmist talks about, and then yeah. I mean, we fly away. I mean, it goes by quick. Yeah. And eternity is a long time. Right. So, yeah, we I just moved your table. That's all right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, avoiding stress, you know, like you're talking about, I mean, one way to avoid stress is don't pick something that's going to bother your conscience as a Christian the rest of your life. You know? That's right. Yeah. And when you have to compromise on stuff, that is going to do nothing but stress you out. That's and right. as we think about that idea of stress, some people think that stress is sinful. I can't be stressed. I can't deal with anxiety. I can't do, you know. Uh, how was stress handled in the Old Testament? My my favorite example of what I would say stress is First Kings 19, because Elijah has just taken care of the prophets of Baal. God took yeah. care of the prophets of Baal. And Jezebel is chasing him. And in First uh, Kings 19, 4, he went, uh, he went himself a day's journey in the wilderness, came and sat down under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. And said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. I mean, you talk about stress. Yeah. After such a, a spiritual high. Yeah. I mean, you just watched God vindicate you against the prophets of Baal. They're all dead now. And now you've got this where he journeys in the wilderness and he, he wants to die. I mean, mm -hmm. you talk about stress. I've been stressed in my life, never to the point where I, I wanted to die. And I think it's interesting um, if you look at the, the remedy, right? Verse 5, as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, arise and eat. Okay? So he's laying down. He says, hey, get up and eat. Yeah. All right? Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. He ate, drank, and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time, and so he's sleeping again. He wakes him up. Arise and eat. So it's this idea that Elijah's depressed, anxious, stressed out, and he's, he needs rest. He needs food. And yeah. then he rests again. Yeah. And then he gets back to work. For me in my life, um, you know, I would like to say that I'm the perfect guy to talk about stress because I'm never stressed. It actually probably wouldn't make me a good guy to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I get stressed quite a bit because right. sometimes I overload my plate. Yeah. And there are some times where I'm working on a lesson or doing something and five things going and I get to a point where I'm just like, I, I don't, I'm like overwhelmed and I normally stop, rest. I'm hungry, get something to eat, yeah. maybe sleep. And then it's funny, the next morning I wake up, it's like a whole new day. Yeah. Like my stress level is gone, you know. But, um, yeah, I deal with stress a lot. Yeah, my wife uh, my wife and I are pretty different in how we handle stress. If I'm stressed out, I'm a big Madden player. Okay. I love to play Madden, okay. have for years. I don't care that it's basically the same game every year. I'll buy it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit better graphics. Yeah, you know, the graphics get just a <laughs> fraction better every year. But uh, sometimes when I've, when I've got a – 
big project I'm working on or something, especially when I was in local work, if, if I had writer's block, which happens from time yeah. to time, you know, you, you get a subject and you're trying to figure out how to attack it. How do I want to go about doing that? For my wife, she needs to find a way to push through and, and open up the creative block, you know, and continue yeah. to work. For me, I've got to leave it. Step away from it, yeah. And so I'll step away. I'll play a game of Madden. And she yeah. goes, how? And I said, I'm writing it while I'm playing. Yeah. Because while I'm playing Madden, it's a strategic game. Yeah. You know, I got to think about, okay, I want to try to attack this, you know, this opponent this way. Yeah. And while I'm doing that, I'm also kind of thinking, how do I want to attack this lesson? Yeah. And what I often found out was, like you said, with eating and going to sleep or whatever, for me, that de-stressed me. Okay. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better now. I yeah. can go back and, and write it. And sometimes it was a situation where... If I was struggling with it, I'd play two games, yeah, and then I'd go back to it. yeah. And so sometimes, you know, I would have the structure of the outline put together, but I'd hit a specific section and go, I don't know how to say this without being mean. Yeah. I need to find that right way to, you know, to craft my words. Stepping away like we're instructed to do when we're stressed out on something is the smart thing to do, and that's exactly what Elijah was told. Hey, back yeah. off for a few days. Yeah. Just take a break. You know, just, just sleep, eat. Journey's too much for you. And he went in that strength for 40 days and nights, you know, and he was able to go. And and then again, though, he was stressed again. And God did the same thing, you know, eat, sleep, journey's too great for you. When we shift to the New Testament, how do we handle stress in the New Testament? How is it handled there? Well, I think I immediately think about Jesus being tempted. Yeah. Um, And his response is he quotes scripture. Uh, There's a lot of times in my life where I'll start to be stressed about something and I'll remember you know, something that happened in scripture, how so-and-so handled it. And then I also always think about all the times Jesus took time to pray. If I'm being hundred percent honest, which I'm going to be, if I, if, if you made me pick a spiritual weakness, my prayer life would probably be the one I'd pick. I I pray. uh, I just, I guess is that there's a part of me that sometimes thinks, well, God knows everything I'm going to ask for. Right. But it's, I mean, like my dad, I called my dad yesterday. Why? I just want to talk to him. Yeah. And so, you know, I look at how much Jesus prayed. I mean, you think that you know, Hebrews 4.15, he was tempted in all points like we are, mm-hmm. which means, you know, I think he struggled with this stress and anxiety sometimes too because, you know, he went away to pray. He rose early, you know. In Mark 6, seems like he went away to a mountaintop to pray the whole night, at least until he started walking across the water. Yeah. Um, I think it's because, I think contextually, John the Baptist was just killed and he just found out. So I think Matthew and Mark's account, you have to put that together, but. There are times where I think he was anxious. Even though you have the passages, you know, like Matthew six twenty five, do not be anxious about your life. You still see other places where, like, you know, Paul. Paul was in anxiety for the churches. Yeah, there's there's different. There's a type of anxiety that's sinful, and right. there's a type that isn't. Yeah, and you, you know? think about Jesus. I think he's the perfect example. He was stressed yeah. about the crucifixion. Yeah. You know, he's he is sitting there and according to Hebrews, you know, he's he's weeping, strong crying in tears. Yeah. And, you know, if we do take what Luke being the physician writes as is hematidrosis or hematidrosis, however you say it, yeah. you know, he had a medical condition that is in that is brought about by immense and intense stress. Yeah. And so you think about Jesus, he he was stressed. Yeah. And yet he knew exactly how to handle it. And he knew that in part how to handle it is I, I learn lean upon the Lord. Yeah. You know, I lean on God and I, he, he even tells his disciples, if you would pray, yeah, you'll be better. And they fall asleep and you can't even wait one hour. Yeah. You know, you can't watch one hour with me. You can't pray. And I think that's a, I would agree with you. Sometimes I find myself saying the same thing, you know, well, he knows what I'm going to ask, mm-hmm. but he wants to hear from me. That's right. You know, one of my elders at Somerville, when I was working there said, 
you know, Michael, I talked to God. I'm driving down the road. Yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget that conversation because it, it helped me to start to go, okay, I don't have to bow my head, no, close eyes, my yeah. eyes, and, and you know, thee and thou my way through a prayer. If I yeah. need to, you know, just say to God as I'm driving, God, I'm concerned I'm, I'm not awake. You yeah. know, please help me stay awake so I can make it through this trip. Yeah. You know, help me figure out what I need to do and, and help me stay safe, you yeah. know. You can do that. Yeah. You know, if you're driving in the car, it's not like you have to go, well, I need to pull over. Yeah. I need to get out and I need to bow and I need to. You know. Yeah. You can pray to God as if you're talking to a friend. Oh, I, I think about, is it Nehemiah 2.4 maybe, where um, the king asks him a question and it says he prayed to the God of heaven and he answered? Yeah. I mean, that was obviously a, like, quick snap. Yeah. That was like, a, okay, here we go, Lord, help me out here. And right. Then, that was not a long, you know, so prayers can be quick. I mean, that's they right. can be open eyes, you know, that's the the highway, you know. Yeah. Most of the time I pray is when I'm on uh, 440. Is that what it is? 440 in Memphis? I-40. Uh, yeah. No, what's uh, the little, it? the one where speed limit's 55 and everywhere goes 95? Oh. <laughs> I think it's it's under, I think it might be 440. Yeah. I pretty much, I feel like I pray every time I get on yeah. that. I'm like, please let nobody rear in me. Right. Going 40 miles an hour faster yeah. than me. But, you know, you talked about prayer. I, I think about, you know, anxiousness, stress, and the connection with prayer. And I think about Philippians 4, 6, says, be anxious. It's funny, that's, a, that's imperative mood again right. in Greek. It's a command. Be anxious. Like, I'm commanding you, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And that's imperative too. And then verse 7, and when you do that, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. It's almost like no matter what you're struggling with, when you pray about it, when you think about what Christ has done for you, it's kind of like that's the solution to everything, right? You know, is what Christ has done for you. And if we could just remember, it's it's about the Savior, it's about the that's Lord. Right. Then that you know, that's what Colossians three two through four talks about: setting our minds on things above. Yeah. You know, yes, you're going to have stressful days. Yes, you're going to have days where you are not really sure if it's worth continuing because of how everything is going, but. That's when you set your mind on things above and say, this doesn't matter. You know, my wife sometimes will, you know, she, she got really upset because stuff used to bother her a lot. Yeah. And it used to bother me a lot too. And then I talked with a friend one day and he goes, what can you change about it? I thought, mm, nothing. And so one particular thing happened and Megan said, you know, well, this really bothers me. Why doesn't it bother you? And I said, what, what can I do about it? Yeah. You know, I, I can't control it. Yeah. I can stew about it and and be stressed yeah. and hurt myself. Eat eat at you, or yeah. I can just say, you know what? Who cares? Yeah, and that's hard sometimes. I still struggle with it. You know, I'm not perfect about it. Yeah, and my wife, you know, there are times where she's not worried about something than I am. Yeah, and you know, it's harder. I think for people like me who are planners, yeah. we want to know everything that's gonna happen. Yeah. And I'm the type of guy that if I start watching a TV show and I get, become invested in it. I find myself Googling what happens to specific characters. Yeah, you got to know the ending. Yeah, I got to know what happens. Otherwise, I'm going to be upset. Yeah. And that's not good yeah. for stress when you yeah. need to know everything at times. And so I have to learn to be content with the things that I can't know yeah. as well as the things that I can know Yeah. because that's part of stress. So the final question for today is, does stress have to define us? Do we need to be known as people who are stressed to the max all the time? I hope not. Right. I hope not. Yeah. I hope that's not. I mean, you know, people, there are certain different, uh, different people are going to have different levels of, you know, stress, anxiety, because God made us different people of different personalities, you know? But I mean, when you look at scripture, you know, like in first Timothy six, obviously the content is talking or the uh, context is talking a lot about money, 
but it's godliness with contentment. Right. You know, we need as Christians to try to learn and to grow and to be better than we were yesterday, but learn to be content. I mean, with the things that we have. I mean, for me, one of the best things I ever did was did sh- took a short-term mission trip to Africa. After seeing that, it, it's pretty easy for me to be content in America. Before mm-hmm. I went on that trip, I'll be honest with you, I was 24, 25. It was hard for me to be content. I saw what everybody else had. And then it's like, you know, they say that content, um, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Well, depends what you're comparing yourself to. You right. Know? I mean, if you read scripture and you see the things that God's done for us, the promises he has for us, that should help with your anxiety, you know? Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It Finding ways to deal. Yeah. You know, when, when you're stressed with something, if you have a hobby that you like to do, yep. go do that hobby. That's right. You'll get, get away for a little while. Don't, yeah. don't sit there and try to overanalyze everything, mm-hmm. you know, just. Take a break. Take a breather. Disconnect from your yes. disconnect from your phone. Put yes. your phone in your glove box sometimes when you go to dinner with your family. Yeah, because that just constant. Even if it's good stuff, yeah, that just constant scrolling, man. That yeah. will stress you out. And you you think about every time you get a vibration, you're yeah. like, oh, I might need to check I that. Need to check it. I need to. Oh, I, what, what might that be? Yeah. Oh, it's a spam email that I got. Exactly. Shut it off for a little bit. That's right. Take a breather and be fine. That's you right. You know, walk outside yes. for ten minutes. Yep. Come back in refocused, That's ready right. to do what you need to do. That's right. Aaron, I really appreciate you being on here. Thanks for and, having me. And, uh, you know, Aaron's doing a great work on the Gospel Broadcasting Network. You know, we'll we'll put all of that in the show notes as well, the information for the Authentic Christian, the Answering the Error, uh, Gospel Broadcasting Network. And so uh, we're just glad to have had this time to, to sit with Aaron this last three weeks. Next week, we have a six-episode arc with Josh Cantrell. And so I'm looking forward to sitting down with Josh here soon and recording with him. But until then, let's all remember to please God now so our eternity is far better. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and We have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.